Welcome to today's podcast. We are here with Dan Goy of Baja Amigos Caravan Tours, a recognized expert in traveling through Mexico in an RV. In fact, he's traveled through almost all of Mexico states, 150,000 kilometers, and we've got Dan here to answer all your questions about traveling through Mexico. Welcome to Snowbirds and RV Travelers, the weekly show for RV enthusiasts, where we talk about parks, activities, travel tips, trends, reviews, and the latest news affecting your RV experience. For more content and guest opportunities, head over to rvpodcast.com. That's rvpodcast.com. Dan, how are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Probably the biggest thing that people have as far as RVing through Mexico is their concern about safety. So let's get that one out of the way and then move on with everything else. What do you feel or what do you have to say to people that say, hey, Dan, is it safe to travel through Mexico in an RV? Well, that's, that's interesting, Perry, because... We've done many shows, many rallies, uh, taken thousands of phone calls over the years that we've been in business, and uh, virtually safety is always the uh, that always seems to be the first issue. And uh, honestly, it it's always puzzling for me. I mean, we've been traveling in Mexico since 1985, and uh, uh, we've never found it to be unsafe. In context, um, you know, how safe is it to travel in the U.S. That's really the question. Those are the people with all the guns. Uh, in, 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 in Mexico, you know, t- typically people with guns, military, the police, and, of course, the bad guys. Bad guys have guns in the States. They have bad guys in Canada. As far as traveling goes, uh, we've always found it uh, very safe. Uh, I can say, honestly, that uh, we've actually never come across a bandito ever in, yeah. uh, in all those years. Um, yeah, so that's... It, it, it's really a myth. I mean, you know, I know that people, because of the press, mostly the media, if it bleeds, it leads. Um, so anything that uh, spectacular and bad that comes out of Mexico hits the news here. And people have the idea that if they, when they hit the, hit the Mexican border, you know, they'll die in a hail of bullets. Because for Baja tours, we cross at, uh, at Tecate, about two hours east of San Diego. And, um, uh, often our first uh, day is in Ensenada, and they when people get there, they go, you know, what was all that about? That was that was like driving to Blaine. My experience to, uh, is is the same. You know, I've probably been through Mexico a dozen times, and never, ever, never have I ever had an issue. So I agree with you there. Um, you know, since we're talking about traveling right now, and I know that the American dollar is pretty high against the Canadian dollar. Um, what should travelers or viewers to Mexico, what kind of currency should they take with them? They definitely should take pesos. Pace, it's important to have pesos. If you use American dollars when you're in Mexico, you're paying a premium uh, on, on, the, on that. You're not, getting a, you're not getting a good exchange rate, to say the least. You can uh, hit a currency exchange here in Canada or the States before you go. And there's plenty of, uh, plenty of ATMs associated with banks. And, and other locations, which are uh, uh, always good to, to get your to get your uh, pesos. And we always find that whether, you know, if we're using a Canadian bank account, credit union, and you're using an ATM, you get, you often get a very good rate. So that's what I would recommend. Definitely take pesos. Uh, yeah, I think that was my experience too. Um, there is a Scotia Bank down there when I was in Mazatlan and we used that ATM. It is not affiliated with Scotiabank in Canada, though. So when I tried to 
Well, I walked up to the teller and wanted to withdraw some money from my account in pesos. That did not no, fly. No, that but the ATM worked fantastic. Yeah, worked great. yeah. yeah. The, for, for people driving, because, you know, you're snowbird and RV travelers, so I'm assuming a lot of people yeah. we're talking to are driving. The exception would be when you're buying gas or diesel. My experience is you're always best to do it with pesos. You know, if you're, if you're using dollars, you're going to be getting a bad exchange rate. And uh, although credit cards are very common, better to use pesos. And I'll, I'll tell you why. What they'll do is they'll take your credit card and uh, they'll say it didn't process because the, the internet didn't work properly. Right? So then they'll ask right. you for cash. Except you'll find out that it did work properly and it did get processed. It's always best. If you can figure it out, which shouldn't be hard, is how many gallons you're going to get, how many liters you're going to get, how many pesos to a liter. Okay, so give them a specific amount to put in your tank, right? So, uh -huh. hey, I'll take a, a thousand liters, right? So you tell them that, a thousand liters. Important to learn some numbers. One thousand is mil. They fill it up to a, to a thousand pesos. You give them a thousand pesos. Bob's your uncle. Since we're talking about filling up, yes. that brought my to my mind a question: like, what is the what's the best RV to use to take to Mexico? That's another question we get a lot of, and it really all depends. My experience is every RV has an advantage. Every RV has a disadvantage. If you got a truck camper, pretty small. Get around lots. Problem is, is trying to, you know, separate your your vehicle you're driving in with your with your camper. You have to leave it somewhere, and you have to take it off. So, right. so that's not that easy to do. A Class B, like a camperized van, like a Pleasure A, for instance, again, easy in and out places, but you know you've got a smaller space. If and when I win the lotto, I'll be buying a Prevost. It's a forty-five foot oh. A. Okay, that's a really big <laughs> unit. And I won't have any hesitation taking it to Mexico because it'll no. have lots of room, right? But, you know, I'll probably bring a tow car because I don't want to take that into town. You know, I mean, and again, Baja and the mainland are two different places. Baja is a, for the most part, a two-lane highway. Now, much of the highway has been rebuilt. Wider lanes, paved shoulders. Uh, in parts of the highway, probably about 200 to 250 kilometers, and it's not all one section, it's still the old highway. New pavement, but old highway. So the lane itself, from the center lane to the shoulder line, is 9 foot 6. My trailer is 8 foot 6. A motorhome is 8 foot 6. That's pretty tight. We've had lots of people do it, and you have to be cautious. But if you're in a pleasure way, that's a much less stressful drive in those parts yeah. of the highway than if you've got a 45-foot Prevost. Does it help to put Canadian flags on your on your RV? Do, do people treat you any differently knowing that you're Canadian? I always do. When I get into Mexico, I put a Canadian aerial flag on. And uh, on the back of my mirrors, I have a Canadian flag on the driver's side. So when you roll into a, a military checkpoint or any kind of a checkpoint, uh, it's important to be identified immediately as a Canadian because it distinguishes you from being identified or misidentified as an American. The fact of the matter is, is that the United States has invaded Mexico five or six times over the last couple of hundred years, and they don't forget so they, they really don't. I mean, they the United wow. with the United States 
they occupied Mexico City at one point in time. So anyway, it's just, um, yeah. I think it's important that you identify yourself as a Canadian. For the folks that maybe want to go by themselves but don't necessarily want to travel completely alone, is you know, is there a way for them to find other RVers that want to do something like that? Oh yeah, there's some different uh, there's some different websites. Um, um, there's one that my buddy Paul Beto's runs. He's with Caravanas to Mexico, one of our competitors. Yeah. Uh, and they got Mexico. I think it's called Mexico Buddies, which you can just Google and find. And uh, so they they link up with people. Another thing is is like if you go to Baja, um, certainly back in the day, for people that camp at a place called Potrero County Park, that's where lots of the tours, lots of people stage from. So most of the people that are there in January and February, often in the late fall. They're heading to they're heading to Baja. You can just walk around and talk to people and meet people. And we've never been. We'd like to go. Could we travel with you? You've been a couple of times. Yeah. You know, and and they'll take you for the you know a couple of days, three days, if you get along, maybe farther. But uh, yeah, that's you know, I mean, it all depends, right? How far you want to go, how far they're going. Yeah. Are there any restrictions as to what you can bring across the border into Mexico, and and what what should people bring? Whether things that they can't find in Mexico that they really want to take with them. I mean, personally, I take lots of drugs to Mexico, but they're all prescription, right? <laughs> and um, no problem yeah, crossing. No problem crossing. On paper, I am quite confident that there are lots of restrictions on what you can take into Mexico in your RV. The reality is, nobody's ever asked us. What we recommend people do, if there's a favorite cut of meat or a favorite sauce or a favorite something, maybe a favorite bottle of, of nice scotch or something, you should buy that in the States right? and then uh, then take it across. I wouldn't leave it out on the counter, but you want, might want to put it in a cupboard, right? Yeah. Other than that, uh, when you get to, for instance, if you go to Ensenada, if you go across at Mexicali, you could just like stop at Walmart or Costco and pick up whatever it is you want. Just be warned that when you go to Costco and you go to Walmart, they're not going to speak English. <laughs> They'll be speaking Spanish, right? Because it's, you know, you're in Mexico, which is a Spanish-speaking yeah. country. Some folks yeah. are quite surprised with that when that happens. And I mean, the other thing I noticed uh, going into like a Walmart or a Costco is you're not going to get the same brands. You're going to get the Mexican brands, right. not the stuff that you're used to picking up in the U.S. or in Canada. Yeah, there might be some brands that are the same, but most of them will be, in fact, Mexican brands. If you're going for any kind of amount of time, uh, having a little dictionary, you know, a little language book that tells you numbers and grocery items, that it's pretty handy. Do you have any experience with what kind of medical coverage? Like, what's the best medical coverage for Canadians to pick up before they go to Mexico? At one time, we we used to buy uh, our travel insurance from uh, BCAA. Yeah. Now we use Blue Cross because we kind of aged out of the BCAA rates. We just kind of we just kind of look around, see what's available, how much it's going to cost. Yeah, okay. What we find is for minor things, we've never used our coverage, right? So for yeah. instance, Lisa had Montezuma's Revenge, right? Mm, uh-huh. Right? So she went and seen a doctor uh, without an appointment, actually. Just kind of walked to a clinic, saw the doctor. He checked her out. He gave her a prescription. She filled the prescription. That was about $20 U.S. is what it cost. Yeah. We had another gal on uh, on tour. She got, again, Montezuma's Revenge. She got quite sick, actually. We actually had to take her to a clinic. She got examined by a couple of doctors. This is in Loretto at the clinic, right on the highway there. I remember uh, her husband saying, you know, she, they were quite concerned because they're from Montana about yeah. the language barrier. 
And so the doctor came in, and the first thing he said to her was, without an accent, Amy, you don't look very good. <laughs> anyway, all of that, all of that, including the medication, and he gave her something, gave her an injection, gave her some medication right there, gave her a prescription for more medication. All of that was uh, $50 U.S. cash. Yeah. He said back yeah. in Montana, that would have cost us $1,000. Yeah, you know, um, and it's crazy because you hear that about Mexico. Cindy had to get uh, blood tests, and uh, we booked an appointment for her to go in, uh, which was maybe like a day or two days out. Walked in, no lineup. The doctor spoke English. Um, he did the blood test for her. It got the results back, emailed to her. Uh, it was inexpensive, and it was quick and fast. You know, when you start hearing about all these Canadian ER emergency wait time rooms, you think, wow, you know what? It was great in Mexico. It was better than here. Um, uh, any experience with uh, phone plans? Have you got uh, any advice about what kind of a phone plan to pick up, or should you just get a phone when you get to Mexico? Well, that is very, that's very, you know, lots of options. Um, what we have done for years is we have a couple of uh, old-style flip phones, tel right? yeah. which we bought at Telcel in Mexico. And uh, I just keep them loaded all the time. And I can call anywhere in Mexico, uh, U.S., or Canada for about, I don't know, 10 cents a minute, something like that. Right. As far as a smartphone goes... Uh, what we've done recently, we also have a smartphone, a Mexican smartphone, but really what it is, it's an old, it's an old Android, Canadian Android right. phone, right? And then we just had, we just bought a, a SIM card for it. When we go back to Mexico, we'll just uh, go to a Telcel, which are often, they have, a, they do that at, at the OXOs, which is like a 7-Eleven. Give them the number and they'll just upload uh, some service for you. And then people, I know a lot of Americans, they buy a package that includes Mexico, which they'll have for the time that they're there. If you look at Baja, about two and a half million people live in the northern part of Baja. And then right. you've got about 500,000 people that live in the southern hundred, lower 100 miles, which leaves about 18 people in between, right? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> However, and there's, it's quite mountainous, right? There's lots of mountains, lots of flat, but lots of mountains as well. And they've got better cell service than we have in BC, like way better. There's a couple of dead spots, but for the most part, Self-service is great. I just thought of something. You know, what we didn't talk about was pets. Can you bring your pet comfortably? Is it a good idea? Are there anything special that you have to do to bring your pet into Mexico in an RV? Pets are very common, mostly dogs, sometimes cats. Cats are not unusual, uh, but mostly dogs. I think there's something actually online about that. They have to have some kind of special health certificate. Right. which costs a lot of money and is dated and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, just forget that. They don't even check, right? They, they ever check, right? What you always have right. to be concerned about is getting your dog back or cat back into the U.S. And even that, oh. even that has, for all the times that we've been across the border, it's never been an issue. They've never asked, ever, right? Yeah. Uh, I think coming once from Canada to the U.S., they asked about our dog. Do we have... The vaccination's up to date. Lisa went, yes. And just as she was starting to pull it out of the little packet that we have handy, the guy went, no, I don't want to see it. I just want to know if you have it. That was it. The interesting thing, and it's particularly relevant in Tecate. So when you cross the U.S. border from Potrero to Tecate, right, 
and you're in Tecate, if you're only one vehicle, one RV, two RVs, they have a local, I think it's a local, local bylaw, that you have to have your pet in storage, like in a kennel, closed. Oh. A dog, right? Now that's Just too across far the border. Just to be in Tecate. So when you drive by the policeman and you've got, you know, a little fluffy rover on your lap, right? right. He's going to pull you over and he's going to say, yeah. $100 US, please. Like I say, th those kind of rules will be applied to tourists and no one else. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. But it, it, what's important, I mean, you can get all those vaccinations in Mexico too. You know, right. if a dog needs a vaccination, you get it. It'll be about one-tenth of the price that you'd pay in the U.S. or Canada. What's important about uh, taking pets? If you're a pet, you should take the food. Whatever dog food it is, like oh, dogs, right? Because right? you you're not going to probably find that in Mexico. They have dog food, Yeah. but you may not be able to find this specific kind you want in Mexico. The other thing you have to understand is that Mexican dogs typically aren't on leashes. And they may or may not belong to somebody. Right. right? So having your dog on the beach is not necessarily a bad, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Uh, you're probably not going to encounter too many other dogs, right? Like we used to have our dogs off leash all the time. Just clean right. up the crap, right? But for people, you know, to go into town with dogs on leashes, not necessarily a good picture because suddenly you'll have, you know, three Mexican dogs none of yeah. which belong to anybody, none of which are on a leash, on your dog, and your dog's yeah. on a leash. So that, that's a bad situation. Thank you so much, Dan, for uh, taking some time with us today and giving us uh, your invaluable knowledge on traveling through Mexico. I think you're right. It, it is definitely, it should be on everyone's bucket list, and it might actually turn into their regular vacation destination for snowbirds. Well, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. And if you'd like to hear more, please follow or subscribe. Your opinions are important, so please take a moment to share your ideas, comments on this show, or topics you'd like us to cover. For fun contests and picture submissions, check out our Instagram channel at Snowbirds RV Travelers. Snowbirds and RV Travelers is a Sun Cruiser Media production.